This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. On this podcast, we'll be talking about life and kayak fishing. Every week, we'll have a special guest, whether it's a tournament angler, a content creator, or just a regular guy or girl who just loves to go kayak fishing. So grab a cold beer, sit back, and enjoy the show. Bass Kayak and Beers is sponsored in part by Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup and locate your nearest authorized dealer. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beer segment on the Paddle and Fin Network. As always, it's your host, Armando. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I don't have a special guest. In fact, I wasn't even going to record to today uh, for you know for this episode. Um, kind of had to reschedule my uh, recordings due to kind of like emotion, emotional roller coaster the last 48 hours. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, I felt guilty not recording an episode. Um, I think I went to Brian and the guys at Pedal and Finn to, you know, put up a, a good show or at least put up a recording. So anyways, what I decided to do is kind of like uh, do a little recap of my month of March, which was kind of hectic. And we'll talk a little bit of kayak fishing and a little bit of my personal life. Um, so I apologize to these boards of some of you guys out there, but anyways, like I said, I it's been kind of crazy. Um, starting off with the last few days, um, 
I just got uh, word yesterday that my dog has uh, uh, cancer and it's terminal and it's kind of hard for me. She's been my loyal friend for the last half and a, five and a half years. So it's kind of crazy because she, she has this tumor on her, her um, adrenal gland um, and it's causing her to lose potassium. So she gets very weak as the day as she goes through the day, she wakes up fine. And then as the day goes on, she starts getting weak and weak until finally by late afternoon, early evening, she can't even get up. And it's like that cycle every morning, you know, she gets up fine. And by the end of the day, she can't even walk. Uh, so um, after a bunch of uh, tests that have been done, they finally narrowed it down using ultrasound that she has a tumor on her, I don't know, some of uh, on a gland. So it's not, doesn't seem to be operable. It seems as it's cancer. And, uh, you know, now it's the hard decision to, you know, figure out when's the best time to, you know, let go and have her move on to greener pastures. So, yeah, I I, I think uh, I'd owe it to my guest that was that I had planned for this week to kind of reschedule. I get my you know, head clear. Other than that, uh, I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about March and uh, kind of get to know me a little bit better. Um, for those that don't know me, um, I've been kayak fishing for the last three years. I moved from Puerto Rico about 10 years ago, fell in love with bass fishing uh, and kayak fishing when I got here. I grew up in what I like to call in Puerto Rico that cable TV generation where, you know, when you're a little kid and cable TV um, got popular back in Puerto Rico. So every every Sunday morning, um, my mom would tell you that I would get up early in the morning grab my fishing rod, my tackle box, um, and sit down and watch those uh, outdoor TV shows and those Bassmaster competitions. So I always fell in love with bass fishing um, since I was little, but I didn't really get a chance to do it until I moved to Texas, which is, to me, the mecca of bass fishing uh, when it comes down to not just the sheer size of the bass fishing here, but also the culture that's involved. Like, I understand California has big bass, you know, and Florida has big bass, but the culture for bass fishing, um, you know, combined with the fact that there's huge bass everywhere here, it's a lot of them. It kind of, to me, um, makes it kind of like the mecca for bass fishing. And, you know, nothing against other states, uh, you know, like Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, even New York and all of them. They all have great bass fishing culture. But to me, Texas is... Um, it's something special when it comes to bass fishing. So, you know, I gravitated to that when I came here to to Texas, and I loved that ever things. Um, and about three years ago, yeah, I got my first kayak and I sent twelve T, and then I move on to on my Outback, which in this month fishing for the uh, Bassmaster uh, kayak series in Lake Fork, uh, I actually. Um, Notice a crack in it when I got off the water, and it had quite a quite a few, uh, I would say, gallons of water inside the kayak. I wasn't, you know, worried about sinking or anything because I really didn't notice until I got out of the water and noticed, you know, how heavy it was. So it did have a crack in the scupper hole. So I got that kayak about two years ago. Went up to Pro Anglers. Um, uh, here in uh, North Richland Hills, Texas, uh, spoke to Rick, the owner. He filed a claim for the warranty, and 
you know, like an hour later, Hobie replied saying they're going to honor the warranty. So I got a new kayak coming, a new Hobie outback, at least the haul of it. And then um, I already been thinking about moving to a PA360, the 14-foot PA360, just because that brings me to another um, interesting thing that happened in March. So anyways, I got the PA360 on, and I'm still waiting for the for the Outback to get here. So I'm going to have either two kayaks. I'm going to sell one. The big uh, decision is going to be my wife has been telling me she wants me to take her kayak fishing. So we're going to go up to Whitney Lake to do some kayak fishing. I'll probably repair the hole for the Outback that I have now until the other one arrives. And we're going to hit up Whitney Lake, which she sees in my videos how beautiful it is. So she wants me to take her there to do some kayak fishing. So if she really likes it, really enjoys it, then I might keep the Outback. If not, then I'll probably um, sell the Outback and buy myself uh, uh, the LiveScope Garmin, the transducer. I already got the the um, fish finder with the regular you know, transducer, but I might upgrade using the money that I sell from that kayak if she doesn't want it. But if she likes it and she enjoys it, then... Even better. We get to go kayak fishing on the weekends. So that's happened. The reason why I bought the PA, the 14 360 is, um, and this brings me to my other big news for March. Um, and a lot of things went on in March. Uh, first, the Bass Masters, then uh, my dog Nova with the cancer, and, uh, and then the PA 360. And then the reason why, like I said, the reason why I got the PA 360 was, because I've been on a paid voluntary leave of absence for my work. Uh, some of you know I work for American Airlines here in DFW Airport. With a pandemic, um, uh, they were offering voluntary leave of absence. Since I've been working for the company for like 28 years, I was already in the top salary. So the package that they offered me was like I can get two years of uh, paid voluntary leave of absence. They will pay uh 14 hours per week uh, i didn't have to go to work they would just mail me a check for 14 hours per week though and i get paid by week so it'd be 28 hours a paycheck um and i didn't have to go to work versus me going to work and making 40 plus hours so they wanted to avoid that with some of the uh the agents like myself they were in the top salaries so first thing i did i told my wife listen if you want to quit your job and retire since we don't need the extra money. Go ahead and do that. I'll keep working full-time. But the minute she says, no, I'd, I'd be too bored. And I said, you know what? I'm taking that leave of absence then. Because we're at a good place financially. Uh, we made some good investments in the past. So we managed to pay off our cars and our mortgage. Uh, so we're pretty much debt-free. You know, you still have the utility bills, the homeowners association, the insurance. But as far as owning, uh, owing for a car or mortgage, we're done with that. So that gives a lot of financial flexibility. And I mean, I guess I could stay working my 40 hours a week and make a lot more money. But um, really, I my point of view on it is I'm not interested in nice cars. I mean, not nice cars. I obviously love having a nice car, but I'm not interested in luxurious cars or, you know, the latest um Silverado, you know, or GMC truck or whatever. Um, I don't need a big house. It's just me and my wife and uh, at the do and our dog for at least more and more week. Um, so 
my point of view on it is like, I like to have more time fishing. So I took that leave of absence starting in November. Um, but uh, two weeks ago, they sent me a letter saying that business is picking back up in the airline industry. So they're cutting my two-year voluntary time off, paid voluntary time off, and I need to go back to work on April. So April 26th is my new start day. So I go back to work instead of having two years of paid leave of absence. I ended up with six months paid leave of absence, which, you know, I'll take. Wish they could have stayed with the two-year plan like we agreed on. But, you know, it is what it is. It's in the contract. But that got me to the PA 14360. I figured, well, if I'm going back to work, I'm going to be making that extra money. Um, might as well get the kayak that I've always wanted, you know, once it came out. So I finally got my PA 14360. Um, they're nowhere to be found in Texas, Oklahoma, or Louisiana. So I ended up finally finding um, a dealership, an authorized dealership in Arkansas, which is, try to remember, Ozark Mountain Trading Company, if I'm not mistaken. Um, great place. Loved it. Um, they have a few, I guess it's like a, you know, kayak shop, a chain business. There's uh, three or four, maybe five of them up in Arkansas. So I got to the one that had the, the only one that had the PA360. It was uh, roughly a six hour drive going maybe a little bit less, and a six-hour drive coming back. So I spent it roughly almost 12 hours on the road. That was, when was that? Um, that was uh, on Thursday. Yeah, that was on Thursday. Um, it, the good thing about it is I got to meet Rebecca Lentz. I don't know if you, oh, actually Rebecca Baker, because she just got married. But for those of you who don't know, don't know Rebecca uh, Baker, Formerly Rebecca Lentz. She's Lady Angler Lentz. You can follow her on Instagram. And she's going to bring up some great content on YouTube and also on TikTok. Um, she loves kayak fishing for and bass fishing. Uh, but mainly her big calling for now is uh, fly fishing. So I've followed her. I actually had her on my podcast, uh, the first episode, I think, of this year. So if you haven't listened to that, go check out the my first episode for 2021 on the Bass Kayak and Beers. I think the title of it's called Lady Angler Lens, which is her name on social media. Um, great personality, uh, uh, great human being. It was an honor meeting her. We got to have some orange flavor co iced coffee um, over there in uh, Blue Sail Coffee, I think it was. Got to talk to her a little bit about fly fishing and her social media. So go check her out, Lady Angler Lens. Um, again, she's on. She's gonna start revamping her YouTube channel with some great content, and um, and again her Instagram and TikTok. If you're in TikTok, go check it out and Facebook as well. So, anyways, got my kayak here. I wanted to get it on time for the TKC Texas Kayak Championship, which was on Saturday, and I I guess I did, but. By then, it was obvious that my dog was not doing well and that something needed to be done. And I was scrambling to get her appointment, move over appointment for her ultrasound. By then, she already gone through like uh, different tests and nothing could be found that was wrong with her. She started getting worse. So my all my focus was on trying to find 
move up her appointment for ultrasound, which should have been last week. But I was like, no, she's her health is getting worse every day. So I need to get this done ASAP. So I ended up driving to Austin yesterday, which is three hours from here. Um, my sister works, uh, my youngest sister works at a vet office in Austin and she found out about uh, Nova. Uh, and she called me and says, hey, we can get her in if you don't mind doing the three-hour drive. I'm like, heck no, I don't mind. So I ended up doing the three-hour drive yesterday. That's when I found out the results of the ultrasound, which, again, um, tum- cancerous tumor. Um, so she's not going to be with us much longer. It breaks my heart. Uh, we rescued her uh, about five and a half years ago. She she was born the same month and year that my wife and I got married. So when we saw her birth certificate, they was like, yeah, this is the one. So she's a wonderful dog. Um, I appreciate all my friends who have texted me, who have offered to come uh, say goodbye to Nova before she leaves us. So thank you very much um, for you guys, uh, my closest friends that have reached out to me. It's tough for those of you that have pets, dog lovers, cats, whatever, pet you have, you know, it becomes more than family to you, especially when you don't have kids like me and my wife. We don't have kids. So our dog is uh, pretty much uh, one of the most important things in in our life and, you know, our, our, our project in our marriage, I should say. But anyways, um, enough said news. Um, other thing that I wanted to talk to you about was um, my Bassmasters Lake Fork uh, tournament. That was my that was my first big tournament. I plan to fish at least one Hobie BOS event and one um, KF, KBF event, which is coming in April 11 and 12th here at the Trinity River. I'm very confident that, about that one. Trinity River is where I count my kind of got my line with when it comes to bass fishing. So I'm very comfortable comfortable with that river. It's not fished a lot, although I'm sure a lot of uh, kayak anglers are going to start hitting up that in the next few weeks, trying to get familiarized with it. But whenever I'm at the Chinny River, I hardly ever see another kayak out there. And I last year went a lot. This year I haven't gone um, yet. Um, but I'm confident that, you know, that I could do something special. I'm not going to say I'm going to win because, you know, t- some of the top anglers that have been doing this for years and years well, either bass fishing or kayak fishing are taking part in this tournament. So I don't expect to win, but I expect to get a limit. Um, and who knows? Maybe I'll get in the money or maybe I'll um, get a place where I wouldn't qualify for the national championship. So we'll see. But anyways, Lake Fork was uh, kind of bittersweet. Like again, it was my first big event. I've never fished a big event like that. I started doing tournaments with Slay Nation when they came to Texas last year. And for those of you out there that want to get involved in tournament but kind of feel intimidated by big name trails, you can always look for local club events. Um, Slay Nation was a great kind of like gateway drug to kayak fishing tournaments. Um, Frankie Provolone, does a great job with Slay Nation. Um, so, and he's very hands-on everything uh, related to, you know, his his trails. Uh, they, they have a trail in a lot of the states out there. So if you're interested in getting into a tournament, check if there's a Slay Nation tournament series or kayak trail next to you. 
or close to you, you can go check it out. It's 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 a good way to get your feet wet when it comes to tournament fishing. So Lake Fork uh, was, even though I'm very confident in Lake Fork because I fished it a few times last year, I already had uh, kind of like my honey hole um, on that lake. Um, I felt confident going in, although um, the tournament set up for spawning. Um, and that's not something that I'm particularly good at. Um, I've only been kayak fishing and bass fishing for roughly three or four years. Um, kayak fishing for three years, bass fishing maybe four or five years. So bed fishing, spawning, sight uh, fishing is not something, it's not my strong suit. If this would have been post-spawning, uh, then I would have really felt comfortable um, fishing in that tournament. But, you know, it is what it is. If you want to be a great angler, if you want to, you know, mix it up with the best of the best, you have to get good at every aspect of fishing. You know, cold weather bite, um, hot summer, uh, pressured with a lot of boat traffic, which was the case in Lake Fork, spawning, pre-spawning, all that cool stuff. You have to learn. You have to get better. So to me, it was a good opportunity to at least um, – you know, get to know some of the uh, guys and girls that have done this for a while. Uh, I got to meet Russ Snyder, Brad Case, which I already had on my podcast, but I never got a chance to meet him face-to-face. Marcus Coates, Big Gun Barry, Bobby Morin, uh, Jeremy Baker, a bunch of great guys. There's a lot of guys out there that I got to miss, uh, um, uh, meet. Also, Nate Gloria, who won the tournament, I got to meet him on the water. We were helping each other out. Um, kind of loading and unloading on the water um, before the tournament got started and after the tournament ended when we were getting off the water. So great guy, Nate Gloria. Very happy for him that he won the tournament. But a few things that I've learned from tournament fishing, and, and I guess I like to share with you that are getting into tournament fishing or thinking of getting into tournament fishing, sometimes when you listen to all these pros, it's hard to, um, how do you say this? I don't say hard to understand, but hard to identify yourself because their mindset is different. They've been doing this for a long time. They, some of them may have forgotten what it is to to be a, a newbie uh, at the tournament scene. So I guess I can share my perspective on it, and it'll help the ones that, like myself, that are either getting into tournament fishing or thinking of getting into tournament fishing. And the first thing that I thought that I could have done better is uh, establish myself. When you go to a boat ramp and you see so many kayaks uh, just ready to go and everybody's, you know, has their like pro staff, you know, their motor guides, their spot locks, their their super nice equipment. Um, And not to say that I had a trash equipment, I have an Outback. So, uh, you know, I had a nice kayak going toward it, but it's kind of intimidating. Uh, And I think for me, I could have be- done a better job of just sticking to plan A and establishing myself. What I mean by that, it was when I went pre-fishing, I looked up different areas. At the end of the day, I decided I was just going to hit up my, I'd call, quote unquote, my honey hole. You know, the creeks that I'm familiar with in Lake Fork that I've fished it before and that I've got um, quality bass, uh, both in quanti- quality and quantity. Um, but again, Keep it in mind that this is spawning, and I've never fished Lake Fork in, on a spawning season, especially 
um, after two weeks removed from uh, a winter storm, which uh, froze part of the lake and creeks. So it was, you know, it was an interesting um, dynamic going into it. But I decided I was going to fish my honey hole. When I got on the water, I saw so many people heading into the same spot that I was heading. I kind of got intimidated, and I know that hurts my ego to say it. So I thought, uh, you know, let's just call an audible here and move to another creek that I know and uh, establish, you know, and kind of put in plan what I had in mind, but a different area. Um, that probably wasn't the best idea. I found out quickly why the creek that I chose to go, you know, uh, uh, at the last minute, I had it to myself because there really wasn't any bass there. And I moved way deep into the brushes, way deep into the creeks, kind of what you saw Kristen Fisher doing on her um, uh, YouTube videos and some of the other guys that were doing, you know, just going deep into them, casting shallow water. That's how I caught some of them on pre-fishing, but at other creeks. So I couldn't find a single bedding fish on those new creeks that um, that I was targeting. And I didn't even get my first bite till I was about 10 a.m. And at that point, I was just happy to get a bite. You know, by 10 a.m., you start thinking, am I going to get skunk? You know, I'm at the halfway point. I haven't caught anything. Am I really going to get skunk at a Bass Nation uh, tournament? So I was super elated when I got my first bass, um, just dragging a shaky head as slow as I could. Um, and then I didn't get another uh, bite until close to the end when my strategy was, well, these creeks have nothing. On my way back to um, the creek that I was originally going to go from the beginning, um, I still saw a lot of boat traffic. There were crappy fishing guides. There was... Uh, Two bass tournaments, boat bass tournaments, plus the um, Bassmaster Kayak Series tournament. So the it was the lake was overpopulated, um, pressurized. Like you wouldn't imagine, and it kind of seemed like everybody was at this had the same mindset that I had. So I decided I would just go to like a, uh, where there was a lot of timber, standing timber, and just pitch in there. That didn't work. Drop shotting that didn't work. Um, a Carolina rig, dragging a Carolina rig and drifting with it, that didn't work. Uh, moving baits, that didn't work. Deep driving crankbaits, that didn't work. Um, jackhammer, one ounce and a quarter jackhammer to go deep with it, that didn't work. So finally, when I saw the creek, um, looking from the other side of the lake, I saw like it was clear and people were moving out. I decided to go to the spot. Now, um, the day before the tournament, pre-fishing, I found two beds with spawning bass and one of them was legit a big bass um and the other one was decent size could have been the buck but i had eyed them um and marked them and i thought i'll go back to them so i did go back to them the one the big one that i was looking at that was kind of like wedged in between the grass um and a summer and a, a log that was sticking out that bass was no longer there Found out later with conversations with guys that were fishing that actually a boast born on a tournament got the female on that. Um, and then I did find the bug on the other nest. That was a 15 and a quarter, 15 and three quarter inch bass. Um, so I was happy in a way that I was able to 
put that in practice, uh, you know, being my first time um, targeting spawning bass, you know, going pre-fishing, these other beds, I see them. And it's really cool because you can see the bass just like the their tail sticking out and you see them just waving and like cleaning or aerating the, the eggs and kind of keeping their nest. So it was cool to watch that the day before and then come back to it, target them and actually catch them. Like I said, one of uh, the one of the nests was either abundant uh, because either the, they took the bass with them for their tournament or just you know whatever happened. It, that 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 spawning bass wasn't there, but I did find the other one. So I was happy. I was I felt accomplished at that point, even though I only ended up with two bass. I ended up in a good note. And that's all I could ask for at that point. You know, it was within, like, I think an hour and a half of, of finishing the tournament. So disappointment at the end, realistic expectation going into the Bassmasters at Lake Fork was knowing that 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 I knew that creek and that I was familiar with it and that I knew how to catch him, again, when it's not spawning. I was hoping I get a limit um, at the very least, and then... Um, maybe I would end up in the money, which I think the top 30 places and maybe just maybe my miracle, my five limit will be enough to get me into the, um, into the Bassmaster Classic next year, which I think was the top 20, top 19 or top 20. Um, but that didn't happen. I think I ended up something like 112 out of 196. So again, that was disappointing. But at the same time, when I looked uh, for a silver lining or something to make me feel better about it, um, I go back to that, you know, that cool uh, um, learning experience of targeting spawning bass and then coming the next day and actually catching one of them. And also the fact that when you look at the top 11, I think the only one that was from Texas was Guillermo Gonzalez, which Mr. Consistency, he's always seems to be in that top 10, you know, he he's a model of consistency. Um, so that was the only Texans in the top 11. It goes to show you that Lake Fork didn't really fish like uh, Lake Fork. Didn't show up like Lake Fork has. I think for a lot of Texas anglers, it kind of, you know, threw a curveball at us. Um I know there was even Texans that I'm not going to say the names. I don't want to call them up like that in, in that way, but that even um, guys that I know that are great anglers that even um, a skunk that couldn't even get a single bite uh, on, on Lake Fork. So I was like, uh, looking at it through that, I was like, you never want to just go into tournament, and have only two fish on the board. But, um, you know, that made me realize, you know, Lake Fork did not fish. And I know some of the guys out there and some of the girls who are fishing, they were like, well, it was a slug red. It was awesome. And yes, it was for a lot of them. But I don't think Lake Fork showed up like it really has the potential. I really thought 100, 102 maybe would win the tournament. I think Nate Gloria won with something like 98, which I thought that maybe would have gotten to a top five. Also, he took the lead around noon probably earlier and held up to the and it held up to the end so the tournament pretty much was done by all intended purposes um as far as the leaders or the even like the top two or three was done by um uh, you know 10 or 11 
So that goes to show you, you know, that it didn't fish like like Lake Fork has the potential of being fished. And again, it's it's so many boat tour guides, fishing tour guides, uh, bass tournaments on boats, crappy fishermen, uh, our own bass nation. It was just full, chock full of people everywhere, every single place, except for the creek that I was in. Like I said, you can realize, you can see why there was nobody at that creek because there was no fish there either. So still, all in all, it was a great experience. I loved it. Looking forward to the next one. But yeah, that's pretty much how my March has gone, you know. Going back to work on April, got the news, um, got myself a new kayak, made some cool people like Lady Angler Lens in person, Brad Case, uh, Marcus Coates, Big Gun Bobby Morin, and a bunch of other guys. Ross Knight I got to meet in person. So that was really cool. Um, Fishing Lake Fork, Bassmaster, <clears throat> coming from a kid that grew up watching Bassmaster, never thought I would actually be fishing at a Bassmaster event. So that's pretty cool. And then again, with my situation with the dog is kind of heartbreaking. So it's been a crazy month. I'm sorry I don't have a, a special guest for you guys. Um, I'm sorry if I'm boring you to death. If you're still with us, thank you. Oh, I also forgot. I did. Uh, I opened up my first account with Douglas. As you know, Douglas is a sponsor of my show. I also really, not only they're sponsoring me, but I actually work for them as a field pro, which means I go into uh, fishing stores or tackle shops and uh, present the product, showcase the product, and um get them to buy into the authorized dealership program. Um, Fun and Sun Tackle is the first, my first account open. I'm really proud of that. Um, if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, go check out Fun and Sun Tackle. They're here in Hearst, Highway 10. You can look it up on Google and you can find it. Uh, great place for uh, tackle. It has a bunch of of tackle, soft plastics, um, hard baits, jigs, swim baits, everything. Not only nationwide, but also some of the local guys that do a great job. So Fun and Sun Tackle, go check them out. Go check out Douglas Rods over there. They're great rods. If you're not familiar with Douglas Rods, they, uh, they've they been doing fly fishing rods for a few decades now, and they're great rods, amazing rods. Their Sky G lineup is award-winning fly fishing rods. And they've used that technology for the last, let's say, five or six years to start building conventional rods. They got two lineups, the LRS, which are all graphite rods, and then the X Matrix, which are more of components, you know, um, uh, graphite, fiberglass, um, carbon fiber, different components that make up that make sure that it's called the X Matrix. They're super light. They're super strong. Um Go check them out. I promise you, not because I work for them, not because they sponsor my show. There are amazing rods. The LRS, like I said, there are graphi all graphite rods. They tend to be less expensive than the uh, the LRS, that is, than the X-Matrix. The X-Matrix are a little bit more expensive. They're really, their target for that lineup is more of tournament anglers. You know, they make technique-specific rods. And they have a huge arsenal of rods. I particularly love their big swim bait rods. I mean, that thing is super light, um, the one that I have. And I can cast up to six ounce swim bait on it. Um, and they have even more rods. They hold up more 
um, wait for bigger swim baits that again are super light. They're unbelievably light. Go check them out, douglasoutdoors.com. If you follow me on Instagram, you can hint the link in the bio and I have a hyperlink there. It takes you directly to the website. If you don't have a tackle shop near you that sells Douglas rods, you can also check them on, check them out online. There's a lot of uh, like tackle warehouse and I think fish USA or other companies sell them online as well. So anyways, thank you guys for listening. Like I said, I hope I didn't bore you. If you made it this far, appreciate it. So uh, if you're going to be out in the water, please be safe. You know, wear your PFDs. Take care, everybody. Thanks for supporting our channel. Have a great week. Next week, uh, probably going to have Eric Silerio from Hook Off the Grind, one of my favorite YouTube content creators out there. One of the main reasons why I got into kayak fishing was watching his channel. So his YouTube channel. So go check him out. Um, Hook Off the Grind. He's revamping his YouTube account. He is coming out with great new videos, um, fishing in like skinny waters here in Texas and lakes too. So go check it out. That's going to be probably my special guest for next week. So look, looking forward for that one. Take care, guys. Once again, have a great night. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.